The text for the sermon this day is taken from the Gospel lesson, which was read to you earlier. Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So, this rich young man comes to Jesus with a question. And it was a question that has, it, it sounds wise, but it's not entirely. Because the, the foundation of the question is he knows what is real, but the truth. The truth is that every single one of us are dying. One day, all of us will die, assuming you're not here when Jesus returns. We are all going to die. When you were born, the minute you were conceived, you begin to die. That is the harsh reality. And so he asks the question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? In Luke chapter 10, Jesus gets a very similar question. And I say similar, there's only one word difference. He says, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? That was the question of a, of not a, your text says lawyer, but it wasn't really a lawyer. He was a teacher of the law, probably more like a seminary professor. But he asked, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And so Jesus, when the teacher of the law asked, he says, well, you know the greatest of the commandments. You shall love the, the Lord your God with all your heart, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The teacher of the law said, well, who is my neighbor? To which he says, Jesus proceeds to tell the parable of the Good Samaritan. He tells of a man who's beaten and left for dead on the side of the road. And the, the priest and the Levite did not stop and help him, but it was the Samaritan, the cultural enemy. So culturally speaking, Jews and Samaritans were enemies. And yet it was the Samaritan who stopped and helped him, spared no expense, left him at the inn, where he, his bandages were healed. Now, keep that in the corner of your mind, because that's, that is relevant. Now, this rich young man asks a very similar, it's like I said, he asks pretty much the same question. Jesus says, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. Which, by the way, that was a hint. The man did not catch it. You know the commandments. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. Note that Jesus did not say, obey the commandments. He says, you know the commandments. That is Jesus telling, in a subtle way, again, the man is not picking up on it, that you know the commandment and you know that you don't keep them. But nonetheless, he didn't catch it, he says, Teacher, all these I have kept from my youth. If Jesus, fortunately for the rich young man, Jesus didn't say, is there a way I could talk to your parents and see if they really, you completely kept that honor of your father and mother part? But instead, he says, Jesus looked at him, loved him, and said to him, you lack one thing. Go, sell all that you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. Now, there was an old movement back in the Middle Ages, as known as monasticism. 
And monasticism was based off of, the very, off of a bad interpretation of that verse. So they read that verse and said, ah, so if I give up all my stuff and sell it off to the poor and go live in a monastery, study the word of God, and boom, I am a shoe into heaven, nothing can stop me. That is not the point of the verse. I'm going to tell you the three most important rules for biblical interpretation. Now, I understand they're going to be really tough to memorize. The first one is context. The second one is context. And you wouldn't believe it, but the third one is also context. Context, context, context. That is the key to biblical interpretation. If you, and by the way, sadly, we kind of got you all into a bad habit in confirmation. You know, if you look at your, your catechism, when I say the catechism, I don't mean what Martin Luther put together. If you, have, if you look at our catechism, your typical catechism is like 200 some odd pages. But actually, only like 15 pages of it is actually Luther's small catechism. The rest of it is a bunch of questions that came from a committee at Concordia Publishing House in St. Louis. So you are, and the thing that, the bad habit that that got you into is that we told you to read those verses, but we never told you to actually read where the verse came from and actually read it in context. And I will be honest, there are times where the, our catechism does kind of misuse the Bible verse. And when I say catechism, again, I'm not talking about what Luther put together. I'm talking about what the committee put together. They do misuse the Bible verse. But anyways, this is an example of that. When you yank it out of context, you say, ah, so if I give all my possessions to the poor, then I am a shoe into heaven. It wasn't the point. The, the narrative of what's going on around tells you what Jesus is trying to say. See, this man was given two choices. He was given the choice between having his possessions or having heaven, having eternal treasures. What did he choose? His possessions. Jesus was highlighting where his love was and where his trust was. He was showing his sin. That's what Jesus was trying to let him discover. He didn't catch on to it. Meanwhile, you have the disciples who over previous weeks, you've been hearing them say a lot of stupid things. But this week, in the reading, you see them ask a question that's actually somewhat wise. Because they have heard Jesus say of the scribes and Pharisees, that unless your righteousness exceeds theirs, you will never enter into the kingdom of heaven. In the first century, the Pharisees and the scribes were the models of righteousness. And now that he's telling them, well, not even a rich person is good enough. And so they wisely ask the question, who then can be saved? And it comes another verse that gets yanked out of context. But Jesus says, With man it is impossible, but not with God, for all things are possible with God. See, a lot of times we like to use that for all things are possible with God. Sorry to Caden, that does not apply to the football game on Friday. Oh, but that is, which by the way, they're having a pretty good season. 
And so is the volleyball, and go check them out on Wednesdays, too. But anyway, um, but that is not talking about athletics or talking about that. He is talking, he's responding specifically to a question, what must, what, how can, who can be saved? They are despairing. And Jesus tells them, with man this is impossible. And so this goes back to the parable of the Good Samaritan. The reason why the priests, the Levite, could not stop and help them is because under Jewish, under the laws of the Old Covenant, they couldn't touch a person who was dead. And by their stand, they could tell that man looked like he was dead. If they did, they could not partake in the temple sacrifice. They would have been, they would have been considered unclean. What Jesus is showing, so with a lot of times we want to think that we are the Good Samaritan. We're not the Good Samaritan. We are the ones that are beaten and left for dead on the side of the road. And the, the law, which the priest and the Levite represent, the law cannot save you. It can't. Because if the law saves you, it is no longer the law. And I know that our culture likes to do this. They like to see the law and say, okay, you know, let's take out that commandment. Let's take this one out. Let's soften it up so that way it's easier to obey. Because that is the only way you could get the law to save you is to basically erase it. So there is no law. The law can't save you. It only condemns you. That's why the priest and the Levite couldn't stop, because they would be considered unclean. The only one that could save them was their enemy. And the only one that could save you is your enemy. Think about this, Romans 5. While we were still sinners, in other words, while we were still enemies of God, God showed his love for us, and that Christ died for us. See, the Good Samaritan, that is Jesus. He is the one who looked on us, even though we made ourselves his enemy on account of our sin, he looked upon us in that pitiful estate, and he spared no expense. But he did not purchase us with silver or gold, Hopefully that sounds familiar to some of you. But with his holy, innocent, precious blood. So if you're in confirmation, you're going to memorize that pretty soon if you haven't already. That's out of the second article of the Creed. He purchased us with his blood. And he picked us up on his back. And he carried us to the inn that is the church. And there you are joined by a whole bunch of people who also were broken and beaten and left for dead on the side of the road. And all of you were claimed by the blood of Jesus in the waters of baptism and brought into the inn. And there is an innkeeper, the pastor. But the weird thing is the innkeeper is also someone who is beaten and left for dead on the side of the road. See, see this black shirt, the black here? This is not a reminder that the pastor is super duper awesome. Actually, it's a reminder that the pastor is a dirty, rotten, no-good sinner that deserves to die. It is a reminder that I am the chief of sinners. 
The white that goes over it is a reminder that I have, been, I have been made whole, I have been healed in the waters of baptism by the blood of Jesus. And by the way, it's a reminder that yes, you too. So, so Kelton, you're wearing that little, that white robe. That's a preview of coming attractions. One day, when you enter, when you're baptized, you receive that, you received a robe of righteousness. And when you pass from this world, you will be wearing a robe of righteousness, a white robe. And so that's what this is, preview of coming attractions for all of us. So, so Jesus says, in response, who could be saved? He says, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. And so the, the question the disciples should have asked for a follow-up, they didn't, but they should have asked this follow-up question. Well then, what has God done? What is God doing? See, the initial question of the rich man, the question of the teacher of the law was wrong. They asked, what must I do? That was the whole problem in the question. If Jesus was blunt and honest, he would have just said, don't worry about it. You've already failed. The question is, what has God done? What will God do? In the case of the disciples, it's asking, what will he do? But for us, it is, what has he done? He sent his son, the, Samar the Samaritan, the outsider, the enemy of us, to suffer and die on the cross, to cleanse us of our sins, to heal our wounds. And he puts us into the church where you hear the word proclaimed. You receive a, a sacred medicine and the bread and the wine, which is the body and blood of Jesus. This is the medicine because, you know, a couple weeks ago, I got in a fight with my shower. And I'm going to let you know, secret, it has a really mean punch. So I was in the shower, slipped, fell, landed on the edge of the bathtub. The side of my hand hit it and the lower part of my ribs. And one of the things is ibuprofen is wonderful. It gets rid of some of the soreness. But every now and then I still, even though it's already over two weeks ago, I can still feel the effects of it and my hand's still weak a little bit. So also... So you can think of you've had wounds or injuries where the pain just keeps coming back or cold that just won't go away. Sin is like that. It keeps festering. It keeps working its way back. And that's why we need to come again and again and again to the medicine that was purchased and won by the blood of Jesus. We come back to our baptism. We come back to the hearing of the word. We come back to the Lord's Supper. Because that is the means by which he heals us and makes us whole. Until the day he comes and takes us from the end to his eternal kingdom. To him be all glory. In Jesus' name, amen. The grace, peace, and mercy of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ keep you in the one true faith to life everlasting. Amen. At this time, we continue with the gathering of our offerings.